there is this one fragment of a tale of love and darkness by Amos Oz, and he's writing about Jewish people migrating to Israel from Europe, and how unnatural it was for them to speak this revived, completely alien language, and how nobody felt actually confident speaking it back, back then, how that modern Hebrew wasn't an intimate language, so they were using Russian or Polish to actually express their private feelings. So my name is Magda Mazur and uh, I study Hebrew. Um, I'm from Poland. Ani Magda, ani mi Polin w ani Lomedet Ivrit. Um, nazywam się Magda Mazur, um, jestem z Polski i uczę się hebrajskiego. Bruchim Habaim, welcome to my podcast, Speak Hebrew, Love Israel. My name is Matan Rosenstrauch. I'm an Israeli Hebrew teacher living in London, teaching also at the SOAS University Language Center. And today I'll be speaking to one of my students in the SOAS Hebrew course, Magda, a Polish Jew by choice who is converting to Judaism with Reformed Judaism. If you like this conversation, please subscribe, share and comment so more people can hear these conversations with my Hebrew students. Welcome to my podcast, uh, Speak Hebrew, Love Israel. Magda, you study with me at the SOAS Language Center. Yeah, so two Hebrew it's courses. It's been a while. And beginners too. Yeah, so we've been mostly doing Hebrew and we haven't had time to really get to know you. Speaking about what motivated you to study Hebrew is very exciting. Tell me a bit, a little bit about yourself, your background, where were you born, very general. Uh, yeah, sure. So... I was born near Warsaw in Pruszków, which by the way used to be a Jewish town in Poland. And I am a Jew by choice, converting to Reform Judaism um, right now here in London. And long story short, I just feel very Jewish, um, although I know it sounds a bit crazy. <laughs> who knows? Who knows? Okay. Uh, anyway, I decided to convert to Judaism quite early in my life uh, because I was 16 years old and first learned about my very vague, distant Jewish ancestry. Uh, which is not uncommon in Poland, by the way. How did you find out about your ancestry? Basically, 
talking to my very late great grandma. But it was, you know, kind of don't ask, don't tell topic. Why was it don't ask, don't tell? I think it was because their conversion to Catholic religion and not really, you know, having any connection to Judaism. Was it common for Polish Jews to convert so they don't face persecution? I think it was quite common to convert even like long before the war. It definitely was happening. So how was the process of finding out about it? Did you ask? Did she tell you? Yeah, so basically I, I've always felt a really strong connection to this culture. And we also had like, you know, very old, some Jewish books and even cooking books. And also I remembered that my great-grandma used to, you know, use Yiddish words, for instance. So that's not common in non-Jewish families in Poland to use Yiddish uh, words? Probably not as common. Obviously, like, these cultures are very influenced each other immensely, but... We Israelis, we don't know so much Yiddish, and it was shocking for me when I lived in South Africa and getting to know the South African Jewish community, which is mostly from uh, Lithuania, so mostly Ashkenazi Jewish. Uh, I was shocked by the amount of Yiddish words they use in their everyday, you know? And I was like, mm -hmm. I don't know these words, I'm Israeli. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> But anyways, going back to your story. My family in general didn't really, I don't know, weren't really interested in exploring this branch of the family. So it's more based on some, you know, assumptions. But you say that you felt always uh, some connection to Judaism. So what is that? Like, do you see something about Jewish people or something about Israel in the TV or read about it and, and you feel part? How is this feeling? How can you describe this feeling? Yeah, I do think that in general, Poland is very saturated with Jewish culture. So you can, for instance, find historic synagogues transformed into grocery stores, um, still with, you know, original frescoes and Jewish blessings painted on the wall. Oh, yeah. yeah, so for... Almost like a history erased. Yeah, exactly. Maybe a little bit like... But you know what, at the same time, from my personal experience, so Jewish life in Warsaw is unbelievably vibrant, especially nowadays, but only when you know where to go. So there are quite a few festivals, like Festival of Jewish Culture, with Jewish music, theater, art exhibitions and workshops, you know, it means... It was easy to explore for you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay, and so you said that your family wasn't so eager to, to explore it, but you did. Is it a little bit like a coming out of the closet? Is it something that people generally in Poland would feel a little shameful about having a Jewish heritage or not so much? I think it depends, because in some social circles it's completely acceptable, especially because there are many people in Poland with a very similar history, so finding about their Jewish ancestry at some point of their lives and, you know, trying to discover this missing link in their family's history. But there are definitely still some stereotypes in Poland Maybe it's needless to say, but, you know, I'm half Polish, 
and I guess most of Israeli who are of Ashkenazi origin, they come from Poland as well. So it is a country that we have such a strong tie because so many Israelis are originally Polish. And, yeah, yeah. And at the same time, it's a heritage that we learned to disassociate from. You know, I never mm-hmm. learned to may even not speak Polish. I know Yachekochem, but that, <laughs> you know, my family, my mother and dad used to fight which language sounds better, Romanian or Polish. But I don't know anything about Polish culture. You know, it's a whole history that was erased and I was taught to forget it. What, what do you think about it? Why is it like that? Yeah, I think that it's just because of the history and, you know, that... I also know that for many young Israelis, um, you know, because of the Holocaust trips to Poland. Exactly, like you're saying, like Poland is the place that we go to see, you know, the the concentration camps. And we do have this view of Poland as a place where, you know, the biggest Jewish community was uh, murdered during the Holocaust. And maybe also a little bit of the Polish people as collaborators. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think that's another thing that, you know, Polish society was, wasn't was able to process. That, you know, obviously there are there were some pogroms and it's documented, but it's still a topic that no one wants to discuss, Even especially today. like critically. Yeah, yeah. Why? I don't know. I think that Polish people just have this, you know, opinion about themselves being the righteous among nations, which many, many obviously were and were helping Jews, um, risking their own lives. But yeah, like the other side of the story is, you know, is something we want to forget. I don't know, was it like a year ago, there was this very controversial Polish law about the Polish people didn't have responsibility over what happened in the Holocaust. And I remember criticism inside Israeli society for accepting it just to have good relations with the right-wing Polish government which supports Israel in the European Union. Do you remember that? Yeah, yeah, I remember it. Can but you, you know what, I think cause... that, I do think that the main reason, like from a Polish perspective, I guess, was that sometimes in media you can find articles about Holocaust using the term Polish concentration camps, not Nazi concentration camps, which, you know, suggests that Polish people were fully responsible for them. Yeah. And obviously what journalists, I believe, mean uh, is that these concentration camps were basically in Poland mostly. But yeah, you know, it's also a bit of like muddling the history. So I think that was the official reason um, for this law. Yeah. Which, by the way, did it pass in the end? No, 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 no. I think it didn't. I have some uh, Czech and Hungarian students and I always find these countries are always come up as examples of East European countries who are governed by right-wing politicians who are allies of Netanyahu and Israeli, well, my government. 
So obviously we in the Israeli peace camp, we are against this kind of, <laughs> you know, taking right-wing, probably anti-Semites leaders to Yad Vashem and having a kosher stamp on them yeah. not being anti-Semitic just for their support of the settlements enterprise. Yeah, you know, Matan, I always find it very interesting how in general, in my opinion, the prejudice against Jews is more prevalent in Poland than any, you know, anti-Israel sentiments. Mm -hmm. So in fact, boycotting Israel isn't a huge phenomenon in Poland, as far as I know. Also, media coverage of uh, Arab-Israeli conflict isn't extensive. And at the same time, you know, for some people, arguments that Jews killed Jesus or that they come to Poland to reclaim their old pre-war houses, hence probably they are greedy or something. These are still valid reasons not to like Jewish people. So you feel there is more like proper Jewish anti-Semitic conspiracy theories or just stereotypes among the Polish society, but not so much anti-Israeli sentiment that is mostly related to the Israeli occupation and government policies. Yeah, I think that, you know, for many Polish people, Israel is just a country. And I, I don't think that they actually care about, you know, politics. For instance, it's a normal holiday destination, actually quite popular. Is there like a disconnection between those stereotypes about Jewish people and the way they speak about Israel? Because Israel is the Jewish country. Yeah, I know, I know. That's, that's actually uh, quite interesting. But at the same time, I think that many people travel to Israel, to Jerusalem, to Eretz HaKodesh, you know, to see Via Dolorosa and visit all Christian pilgrimage sites. But at the same time, on the opposite end of this spectrum, you have people going to Tel Aviv to see the White City and to party and, you know, eat shakshuka and play frisbee. Yeah. So I think that there is some weird disconnection here. You say that Israel is seen like a, such as a normalized country and almost disconnected from the anti-Jewish and anti-Semitic stereotypes which exist in, in Polish society, which is very interesting because sometimes the two things go together and often like British Jews, mm. for example, would feel that it's anti-Semitic to hold them accountable for what happens in Israel because it's very common to, to connect between the Jewish society and support for the Israeli government. Yeah, but you know, I, one of my Jewish friends was actually feeling, you know, almost obliged to go to Israel for her cousin's wedding. And it posed a very serious moral dilemma for her uh, because it is seen here in the UK as a political statement itself rather than just, you know, trip to another country to see your family or... And how about you? Did you go to Israel? What was that like? Yes, actually I was in Israel quite a few times and once I spent almost two months living in Jerusalem. So... I had the chance to experience a bit of life there. And how did you find it? How was the gap between what you learned about Israel in, you know, whether in Poland or in, or in the Jewish community here in the UK compared to what you found? For me, there is such a huge difference between uh, Jewish diaspora here in Europe and Israel. Almost cultural differences. So... At times I felt almost, you know, 
a bit overstimulated by all the sounds and this tension in Jerusalem that you can almost physically feel districts that you just shouldn't go by yourself. Um, Which one, the Orthodox one or the Palestinian ones? Or both? Uh, <laughs> definitely both, <laughs> definitely both. Okay. So you felt that you're Jewish. So when you discovered Israel, did you feel like you want to also be Israeli? Uh, is it part of the curriculum and the conversion, that kind of Zionist notion that the right thing for a Jew to do is to do Aliyah and immigrate to Israel, or it's not something that you encounter in the conversion process? Yeah, so it's not a part of of the conversion process in my synagogue at all. Actually, we talk quite a bit about, you know, Zionism and Jewishness and even the concept of being chosen, which is also quite problematic and doesn't feel right for everyone. So, you know, even our rabbis, some of them, you know, their opinion is that you definitely don't have to agree with everything that Israeli government does and you don't have to live in Israel. It's not important. Why did you choose to convert uh, with Reform Judaism in the UK? What, what choices did you have when you decided to convert? And how did you choose? There aren't as many synagogues in Poland. Um, so it would be definitely more difficult to find the one that I actually like. Why Reform Judaism? Well, it's still, it's still a part of the progressive movement. And to be frank, I think I just liked this synagogue the most. Um, their values and commitment to tikkun olam and diversity, and I really liked rabbis, so um, it was an obvious choice for me. I was actually quite concerned that, you know, potentially some kind of overcompensation may be required from me as, you know, as someone converting to Judaism. So Specifically about Israel? Um, about... Yeah, about Israel, but also, you know, about being more Jewish than Jews just to fit in and be a part of it. And in the end? Uh, it's not like that at all. It's okay. all very normal. Okay, that's good. That's very good to know. For whoever ever thinks about converting to Judaism, join Reform Judaism. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. So you learn Biblical Hebrew, but not modern Hebrew? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, basically. Why? Um, yeah, probably just to be able to read, you know, read Sidur. And we learn about specific word roots and accents and basically spend our time interpreting, you know, different blessings of Amidah or yeah. Shema. So. You know, most Jews learn Hebrew in Jewish schools and they cannot really get along with Hebrew in Israel, which is part of the criticism. Uh, but maybe it's more focused to be able to learn Hebrew and learn the Siddur and just pray in Hebrew. Yeah, I think it's about participation in services rather yeah. than, you know, actually going to Israel and, and living there. Okay, and, and, so, and you decided to study modern Hebrew apart from the biblical yes. Hebrew in the, in the conversion. Can you explain why? Yeah, I think it's just a very, very important part of the culture. And I also think that Hebrew is such a peculiar language 
there is this one fragment of a tale of love and darkness by Amos Oz, and he's writing about Jewish people migrating to Israel from Europe and how unnatural it was for them to speak this revived, completely alien language mm -hmm. and how nobody felt actually confident speaking it back, back then, which in many cases resulted in some, you know, obsession for accuracy and how that modern Hebrew wasn't an intimate language. So they were using Russian or Polish to actually express their private feelings. So I find this evolution of language with such an unusual history uh, very interesting. And what this story of Amos Oz or, you know, the difficulties, even my grandma who came from Romania, you know, she spoke uh, just Yiddish and I remember she was like forbidden to speak Yiddish, she was forbidden to speak Romanian and as a 16 year old in Pardeshana she just had to, you know, just learn Hebrew from scratch and uh, mm. I'm sure that must have been so difficult. I mean, it's also part of the things we are not told that much about. But my question is, what points of connection does this story of Amos Oz do you find in your life? Yeah, first of all, obviously, neither English nor Hebrew are my first languages. So I do understand the struggle very well. But at the very same time, I just think that it is very interesting for me from a you know linguistic point of view. And at the same time, I do think that learning language is very important to actually understand the culture. Yeah. So what, what have you discovered studying Hebrew with me so far about Israeli culture? Both in Israel and, you know, learning Hebrew with you, how you know, religiously charged this language still is, mm -hmm. you know, Baruch Hashem or something. Baruch Hashem, Be'ezrat Hashem. <laughs> yeah, do, do all the people, do all Muslims who say Inshallah or Alhamdulillah are necessarily religious? No, no, but at yeah. the same time, you know, it's a part of the language. Yeah, of course. And that's the point, that it's you don't have to be religious, it's just like, yeah. it's just the thing you say, probably not even, you know, thinking about it. Anyway, Magda, I mean, I learned so much about you and your process as a Jew of choice and about Poland and being a Polish Jew in the UK and your connection to Israel and to the Jewish world and conversion process. Uh, yeah, I, I'm very happy that you agreed to be so open about yourself. Anyway, I'll see you soon in the next uh, summer course. And yes. Toda Rabba. Toda Rabba, Matan. Toda Rabba, I learned so much. And, uh... Yeah, it was a pleasure talking to you.